right about now. Hello, hello, hello. What's going on? This is the 73rd edition of the Mental Threads podcast. I am here with my host, Mr. CJ, if you'd like to say anything. Good evening, good evening, good afternoon, good day, matter of fact. (laughs) How's everybody doing today? We're just here to show love to everybody, and I'm going to actually basically just explain to you what CNC Wings and Seafood is all about. Yeah, that's his business. CNC Wings and Seafood. That's what he specializes in, wings and seafood. And what other stuff you got on the menu, sir? As far as what I got on the menu, I got my, my wing platter comes with 10 different flavors. Mm-hmm. I have a shrimp platter. I have a, uh, a perch platter as of right now. We normally hold croaker, but unfortunately right now, croaker is a little bit too expensive. <laughs> so I'm just trying to make sure that everything is, is, is edible and also quality-wise for everybody else to eat also. Also, help everybody else from getting their pockets raped too. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, that's, that's really good, too, man. I mean, like, who, who actually taught you to actually learn how to cook and everything? Because that's one thing I want to learn. Like, I got a hell of YouTube videos lined up in a playlist of, like, teaching me how to cook all types of stuff and everything. What led you to, like, cooking? Or who taught you how to cook? To be totally honest, like, I really, like, everybody says their grandma was the first person that taught them how to cook. My grandmother was my first person that taught me how to cook at the age of two. What I used to do was when there was nobody else in the kitchen and grandma was sitting down watching her stories at 10 o'clock because, you know, Young and the Restless came on on time. And you better be quiet when grandma watching her Young and the Restless. I go in the kitchen and I make myself something to eat. First thing I ever made was bacon, eggs, grits, along with some liver mush. I had two years old and I definitely got a nice butt whooping for messing with the stove for that one. Hey, man, you got to fight for your passions, man. And look where you're at right now. You have a whole food truck and everything. How long have you had this food truck, uh, sir? The food truck, um, we originally started this plan back in December of 2021. Oh. Um, while I was at a location where, because I'm originally a service advisor for uh, working at dealerships for vehicles. Um, okay. I, I always tell everybody, I'm a customer servant. I'm never a service advisor. I, I serve you as a, as a, as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, my job was to make sure that you got everything that you it. needed done. No, it's okay. No, no, it's, not, it's still running. I'm just, I'm just trying to make sure because it almost dropped the damn <laughs> Yeah, my job was always but, to make uh, sure that you got what you needed done without feeling like you was getting beat up at the dealership. Okay. So I took really, I took my, my customer service experience along with the love of cooking that I have and really... Food is not a job, it's a passion. It's one of those things that if you don't want to do it, it's going to eat you up bad. No matter how much money you think you're going to get from this, the money is not a lot. It's all about what you love within it. And take it from me, audience. I've just had a shrimp basket, man. That shit was killing, but for real. And I'm like not even like a heavy shrimp person. It's just more like my go-to when I'm not really familiar with the food and everything. Like, let me just try out what a shrimp looking like. Like, amazing. I felt like I might have missed out on his wings. So I want to be like, next time I pull up here, I got to pay some money for it, for real. Because he was generous enough to let me try his shrimp basket for free. You know, so I guess he took the Sam's Club mentality with it. Exactly. You get a sample. Everybody gets a little sample. Taste this out. <laughs> Just got to try it out for sure. Uh, I met CJ through a mutual friend in uh, Quaylen Hill. Uh, and where did you meet uh, Quaylen Hill at? Uh, I met Mr. Quaylen Hill when I was working at East Charlotte Nissan. Um, I love the guy to death. That's I consider him my brother from the first day I met him. Um, but when I was a service advisor slash service manager at East Charlotte Nissan back in 2014, Quaylen actually came over from the South Boulevard location. Um, and it was really just like two peas in the pods once we kicked together. The energy that he has is the exact spirit that I have, which is, it's not just about me, it's about everybody around me. As long as my dogs are eating, I'm eating fine. And Quay just fell right into that moment, so like, it was one of those things that you can't let go of people like that, because not a lot of them are out here. Yeah, he was always positive, man. And I didn't even know dude like that in middle school, bro. Like, really. Like, when I tell you, like, he was a grade above me. And everything, so we knew each other mutually. Like he knew, like Questin, everything. Everything's going all right, sir. Yeah. How are you doing today? Now they do got the free parking right there inside where it says Wood Painters is at. Just to let you guys know, we are at Starlight Lounge over here on 22nd Avenue. It's 422 22nd uh, Avenue, Charlotte, North Carolina, right outside of Nodi area. Yeah, man, and the vibes is pretty cool, too. I was even talking to the bartender there. Dude was mad cool and everything. So it's just like, today's a pretty positive day, really. Like, you know, like when I tell you, I don't even put myself out there, like, a whole lot unless it's, like, for business type thing or people I knew from my past, you know what I'm saying? Because you know how Charlotte can be and everything. Oh, Everybody, people here are mad sketchy for no reason. 
And it's like, which is really sad because I still rep Charlotte and everything, you know, like I'm a Charlotte artist and stuff. Even if I step out and I want to go to DC and even get my masters and stuff of that nature, I'm gonna still rep Charlotte mm -hmm. to the death of me. Cause it's like, you know, we really are an underdog city, you know, yeah. like for if you can try and make it out here and actually put this city on and everything, that's what I'm thinking. I feel like in the 2020s, that's going to be the year, the decade where we really find ourselves as a city. Because I feel like for a while, we've been kind of tagging behind Atlanta as just a metropolitan southern city type. Mm -hmm. But it's like now it's like we're finding our own identity, you know. The Hornets are doing their thing and stuff of that nature. Still kind of building up on them. But, you know, who knows? By the end of the decade, we might have a ring. We might not have a ring. Who knows? Just get past the second round. I'm good with that. As long as we get past the second round in the playoffs, I'm happy with that. No, dead ass for real. But it's like, you know, back on the whole topic uh, about, like, you know, with Quaylen and everything. Yeah, Quaylen is, like, a really, really cool dude. We knew each other uh, through uh, mutual friends, you know, like, through middle school. We went down to Ballantyne, you know, like, South Side Charlotte, all the white folk were at and everything. I don't know why. I guess my parents just kind of thought that, it, like, they sent us over there. We'd have, like, a good education type and everything. It, it, it was they pretty. They wanted you to be a different black. They wanted the suburban black. <laughs> That's what that was. And it just it just wasn't clicking for me, man. You know, I'm an inner city boy. You know what I'm saying? It's just like. You know, I sound articulate and everything like that. It's just that's just where the vibes is. You know, I was always struggling in school. I hated HBCU, AB student every time. You know, that's what I'm saying. I always rep HBCU school. You know, I I rep the illustrious North Carolina Central University, out of Durham. You know, you, you can't miss out on HBCUs, man. You can go to PWI if you want, but HBCU that's a once in a lifetime experience. You can't miss out on it. Uh, for sure, like uh, you did, you went to a college, correct, or did you not? Uh, unfortunately, no. The college that I went to was the streets of New York City. <laughs> yes. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Get your education, whether it's street education or whatever. I mean, right now you have a whole food truck standing in front of us right now. That's doing a lot more than a lot of other people. You know, people could be selling dope. People could end up in prison and everything like that. You out here really doing something positive and everything. And it's just like you say Charlotte's own land to see. So I see that you're really connected to the whole Charlotte name, yes. too, and everything. And I, how long did you uh, live in New York? You pretty much started in New York. I grew up in New York City. So yeah. I was born and raised in New York. Grandma, My grandmother, she was born down in Charlotte. She was actually... A west side baby she was off there excuse me a north side baby she was born right off of here off of uh graham and rachel street oh. um grandma moved to new york when she was 13 and that's when the family started flourishing from there mm. but of course you know like every like every good black family does you go back to where your roots are at grandma came back down in uh 2000 2004, CJ wasn't doing nothing that he was supposed to do, so he decided, you know, you know what, I'm gonna go back with Grandma. Mm -hmm. And you know, Grandma always got that rod that she spares correctly. <laughs> so Grandma put me back in the right place where I needed to be at. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been down here since 2004. So you can officially say I'm a Charlatan. Yeah, man, once you've been here for a while, you're basically a Charlatan. I'm a New Yorker to the day that I die. I still rep South, South Side Jamaica, Queens. Mm -hmm. But I'm a Charlatan because I ain't going back. <laughs> I'm gonna wow. be real with you on that one. The schools are better. I had my daughter when I was 19. Mm -hmm. That was the main reason that told me that it's time to go ahead and stay here. Okay, nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. You know, Charlotte is just like, it's just like, Charlotte has a vibe to it. It's just like, I don't know. It's just like, you know, this is like the land where it's just like, to me, and this is how I see it, like, this is the man where it's like, we're still trying to figure ourselves out. So like, it's like, you know, you could be a pioneer here, mm -hmm. like a face, really. So like when I first came down here, it, don't get me wrong, it was slow as hell. Charlotte was slow. It was like, oh my gosh, I can't deal with these country ass folks. Mm -hmm. But as Charlotte has been brewing, now, I've been here since 04, mm -hmm. 2022 now, it's a couple of years now. Yeah. Charlotte has been brewing. It is a small metropolis yeah. that if you don't grab your piece now, mm -hmm. in three years, yeah. you ain't gonna never be able to get there. No. Unless you got some good, good luck. Yeah. You hit the lotto. <laughs> hit the lotto. Or you marry yourself a sugar mama. <laughs> you ain't going to get there no time soon. Yeah, so man. Charlotte is a metropolis that has been growing, and I love the growth from it. Because not only is it growth with your family, not only is it growth with your kids, it is a growth within your business. Mm -hmm. And everybody in Charlotte, really, even with the shiesty people, mm -hmm. people in Charlotte take care of each other. Yeah, man. I To a certain degree and everything, like, yeah. Like, you know, I, especially like when my grandfather passed and everything, you know, like last month, it really took a, a lot of us off guard. But it's just like, you know, my grandfather has been here like in the Atlanta, like or Charlotte area in America, like since the late 70s. And like he started his whole family and I did. I put him on a podcast just like this one. And like that was the closest thing to a will we had. 
because he said he wanted to be buried here because all his family and all his children are here. My grandfather founded Nimba Cab and everything, although it didn't take a whole lot of traction and everything. He was a businessman. He had ran all the clothing stores and everything. You know, he, he didn't like working for people. That was mm -hmm. just how he was a Scorpio too. So it's like if you met a Scorpio, they're not very hard. Myself. Oh really? Like yeah. 1986, man. Nobody can tell y'all nothing. Tell me shit. Nobody can tell y'all nothing. You can enlighten me. You can give me information. <laughs> But I'm gonna find that shit out myself. No, no, seriously. It's just like that's just kind of how he was. He was very innovative like that. He also touched a lot of people's lives, brought a lot of people from back at home in Liberia here and everything to kind of give them a life and everything. So I was kind of happy to see a lot of people to pull up and everything that, you know, honor him when he was gone. You know, not just here in Charlotte, all over the States, but it's just like this is what his stomping grounds and everything. Yeah. So it's just like that's my connection here to Charlotte too. It's just my grandfather, his children, and now me. So it's just yeah. like it's like it's up to me to kind of take that torch when it's time for me to do so for right now i'm just kind of laying that that foot down you know i was the first and only uh grandchild he ever saw graduate so it's just like you know it's a bittersweetness to that's it a, that's a smoothness to it though like, it's a bittersweetness but yeah. i can guarantee you that man was smiling from ear to ear yeah man from ear to ear he's like my baby boy <laughs> yeah man we was close like that you know even when it's just like you know I even when it's like i would try to walk to his house and everything you know in his final days it was usually spent around me, so it's like I was happy with that too, you know. Although it did catch us off guard and everything, you know, it was just like it's good to know that at least I spent a whole lot of time with them. And but that's really how yeah. life is. Yeah. It's gonna catch you off guard, but I can guarantee you that just from hearing from what you're saying, yeah, he gave you life lessons that you'll never forget and that you'll always be prepared. Yeah. If you're always prepared, you'll never have to get prepared, so you'll be prepared. And I guarantee you, he lived by that style just from from the way that you speak of him. Yeah, no, definitely, man. Like, seriously, check out the episode for real. I have two episodes. One, early one, uh, in Generational Values, and the early episodes of the podcast. I got 73 podcasts now. I ain't no slosh with this shit and everything. Um, Also, he was the first episode for this season, too. So it's just like, you know, yeah, he, he, he did drop a whole lot of gems and, and stuff of that nature. I know you spoke about how your grandmother was kind of like an influence on your life, you know. And that's just kind of how my grandfather touched my mm -hmm. life. And like he was the only grandparent I knew, like everything personally. All my other grandparents are back home, so I ain't really had a relationship with them like that. Mm -hmm. So it's just like you know. But in talking about your grandmother and like her connection with Charlotte and stuff, and like how it pretty much changed your life and gave you like you know your Charlottean identity to a certain degree. Uh, what? How, in other ways, how did she influence you also? Oh man, grandma. Grandma was the matriarch of the family. Like there was nothing that grandma. My grandmother was one of those women, like, you know, back in the day, people were totally different from us. Yeah. Grandma was one of those women that was basically a sixth grade education mm -hmm. that was able to build a 129 family, 129 person family. Mm. And grandma was the matriarch of the family. Grandma, like, every year when things would go down or if there was questions that was asked, mm -hmm. even by her younger sisters, which all six of them are still in Charlotte, well, excuse me, five of them are still in Charlotte. Oh. Um, one of them has uh, unfortunately passed, Aunt Carol. Aunt Carol was the candy lady over in Tanglewood. If y'all know which about Charlotte, everybody know about the Tanglewood candy lady. Um, but Grandma was the person that everybody hit up. Hey, Barbara, what you, uh, how do I fix this? Hey, Barbara, I got this going on. Barbara, Bar Grandma was the glue to everything. Grandma, her influence that she had on everybody, she gave me the, the instilled in me, don't quit. I ain't got nothing. I came from nothing. Mm -hmm. I'm building with nothing. But I got a flourishment of, of, of everything that I need. Yeah, There's nothing that can stop me as long as I know that God's behind me and I got my effort with it. Because yes. as long as I put my effort with it, there ain't nobody got People can have more skill than me. That's why I always tell that's why I'm telling my daughter now. My daughter is that going 16, about to be 17 in, in December. Oh, the troublesome years. Stinking ass teenagers. <laughs> Stinking ass teenagers. I was one of them not too long ago, man. But I'm telling her ass right now that no matter what you do, or no matter what anybody say is gonna happen from your stipulation, I'm gonna make gold out of shit. Oh yeah. Excuse me, I'm gonna make shit out of gold. Shit out of gold. Oh yeah, make shit yeah. into gold. Make shit into gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, y'all. We real talking. This is no. This is not scripted. This is not something that's gonna be rewinded. This is real people. Yeah. You know what we're talking about. You know what yeah. we mean. We ain't gotta explain. I'ma change my shitty situation 
into the best situation that I can ever have. And even if it's not for me, mm -hmm. for my next three offspring, yeah. it's going to have the better situation from, from, from what I did. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You can have all the skill in the world, but there's nobody in Charlotte that can outwork me. I can guarantee Yes, I, I feel that so heavy, man. Especially, dude. Like, when I tell you, bro, like, this, what you just said just now, ain't nobody can outwork me. That, that lives in my head rent-free, even before we even started talking and everything. You know, it's just like... Cause I'll, I'll tell you like from my uh, my life and everything like dude when I tell you I used to struggle in school as articulate as I spoke and everything I used to struggle these predominantly white schools bro when they see someone that like like looks like me I'm tall I'm kind of like you know I'm I am the way I am intelligent you're an athlete are you an athlete I, I'm not necessarily no, you're not an athlete <laughs> the fuck are you here for <laughs> exactly it's always trying to exploit you in some certain type of way and if like they can't exploit you on that way you're basically trash mm -hmm. and so like, you kind of see yourself in that way like you know maybe it's whatever I used to struggle in community college I used to fuck around with the same circle of bullshit ass people didn't do nothing always want to focus on like hanging out and everything and thought they were going to really make something out of nothing but not putting any work to anything mm -hmm. you know and it's just like for me i just had to learn things in a way to, and i have to master it over time you know what i'm yeah. saying this comes with what i'm doing the whole rap thing i used to i'd be writing in my rap book all the time and that would bother people to the point where they try to look through to try to find something wrong with it you know what i'm saying niggas hate like, don't hate the craft the craft, the craft is a motherfucker and that's what people don't want to understand yeah. and that's a that's the sad part about a lot of like i'm not that old i'm 35 mm -hmm. but that's a lot of sad things that i see about the people that's growing up now yeah. everybody want that shit to come quick quick fast in a hurry it's not trust me uneducated according to the world mm -hmm. according to the world i'm uneducated but i can guarantee you i know 15 teachers 15 teachers that have a master degree that can tell you that Sasha Jamel Williams mm -hmm. helped them with their work while he was their third grade, their fourth grade student, mm -hmm. their fifth grade student, their sixth grade student, their tenth grade student, their tenth grade student, their eleventh grade student, their eleventh grade student. Mm -hmm. And I never graduated. But mm -hmm. I was one of those people that was I always wanted knowledge. Like I wanted to learn something. Yeah. I didn't apply it because I was too hard headed. Mm -hmm. But I was feeling like how everybody else is feeling now. Yeah. I want that shit now. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're telling me before you can even tell me. Nah, I ain't even worry about it. Discipline, bro. Yeah, if discipline. you can discipline yourself and you can understand what life actually is going to be, not tomorrow, but in another 365 days, another 674 days, mm -hmm. another 720 days. Mm -hmm. If I can look at what, I'm, what it's going to be in um, 1,290 days. Mm -hmm. Fuck what's happening today. I'm working for four years from now. Exactly, man. It's, especially when it comes to stuff like that, like it's just not outworking you, seeking out a lot of knowledge and discipline overall, man. That shit really, really carries, man. When I'm telling you, bro, I had to turn my whole life around from being like a nobody in high school to being like, oh, you're not gonna be shit and everything like that to be in like doing like the best in college. I'll be surprised at myself. Like, you know, they make it seem like college is so hard. You got all, I'm not trying to say I got help to look through there and everything, but I had a lot of support. I had the Men's Achievement Center behind me. I had teachers that looked like me who actually wanted me to win. Mm -hmm. I had, Af I seen African professors. All my peoples were cab drivers, man. That's what I was exposed to. That's what it was. Like, my father was educated because he was like a doctor, but she got fucked up you know, over some other shit and everything. He's doing well right now, but it's just like, on the real dude like you really have to step forward to really like make life for yourself mm -hmm. but it's not just you like that's god too man because it's just like you know god instilled it into you yeah. to actually trying to make things happen. And i don't want nobody to take me wrong like i said like i said earlier they listening i like to learn knowledge mm -hmm. so i like to learn about the hinduism i like to learn about buddhism i like to learn about christianity i like to learn about protestants i like to le i learned about I'm, I'm trying to learn about every religion out there there is a God out there that's helping you get forward, mm -hmm. but that God is within you. Mm. Wherever you think that you're going to go, whether how they say, if it's bad, it's the devil. Nah, if your intentions are bad, you're going down that way. Mm -hmm. If you're thinking that it's going to flourish, not just you, but everybody around you, your intentions is going towards the godly route because we need each other. And that's the thing that I hate about it. We don't, we don't have each other. Yeah, that's man. That's really where we lose it at. Yeah, because that's the difference, and I, I even speak about it, like, like a lot, too. Like, that's the difference between people who are empaths and people who are narcissists mm -hmm. and everything. People who are narcissists, if I would put it, like, as, like, a, as a metaphor, and, like, as a mm -hmm. metaphor to make sense between the difference between a narcissist and an empath. Okay, 
You give an empath a lush green field. Big trees, wonderful fruits, everything and everything. The empath is going to take them seeds, he's going to keep planting them and keep planting them mm -hmm. and everything. All the animals, he's going to take care of them. Yeah. He's going to look after the forest and everything. And he's going to get old. He will get old. Mm -hmm. As old as he'll get, he finds and relishes all his happiness, all his love. It's all in his surroundings and that being the forest. Yes. And everything. He does not exploit the forest. He does not use the forest. He just relishes in it. He's a part of the forest. The forest yes. is a part of him and everything. Everything in the whole ecosystem, he is connected with it. So when he's old and then he takes his last breath, he says, thank you, God. Thank you for this forest that you, like, you know, given to me. That you that, allowed me to that you feed allowed me to everybody. Feed yes. yes. I was able to do something yes. that's gonna last, that's gonna feed everybody. And then you pass away, and you and you come and you go back to your creator. That's that's the path of the empath. Mm -hmm. Connected with everything, refreshing everything, preserving everything. Now let me tell you about the narcissist. The narcissist would stumble on this field, this garden. It's like, wow, look at all the things I could do with everything out here. He'll take the trees, chop it down, make houses, make anything, eat everything, take in everything until there's nothing is left. It's a wasteland. The narcissist would just stand above and be like, hey, look at me. Look at all the stuff I can do. Look at all the, look at everything I can do. Look at this. Yeah. Look at this. Look at my power. You know, what is the God? I am God mm -hmm. in that sense. And then it's just like when all this stuff is all done with and then there's nothing but a desert left. It's like, oh, look at me. Look at all this that I've done. How could God allow me to do this? God, God did this. This is God's fault. Nope. This is not me. How could he do this? I will go on. And he, and the and the narcissist will die. I just Bitter. squeeze that raisin dry. And just there's no dry. more blood in that turnip left. But you yeah. Now I'm going to the next turnip that's next to me. Yeah. Yes. You, but you yes. see the mentality yes. of the narcissist and the empath, how it goes to play. Yes. See, there are people in this universe, in this world, people who are just here and then it's in their nature to just, you know, refresh things. Really mm. bring whether if it's enticing people with laughter, knowledge, anything that's positive. That's the path of the impact. We might fuck up from time to time. We yeah. will fuck up. That's that's that is entirely human. That's, that's human. It's How, inevitable, Mr. Anderson, as it, I always it, say. It's <laughs> entirely inevitable. However, it's all about the the mentality, the intention to grow, the intention to bring others up, the intention to really just be happy. Mm -hmm. However, in the narcissist sense, it's selfishness. That's what drives. It's the all about me. me. It's me, all me, about me, 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 me. me, me. me How me, it me. makes me feel. Jealousy, envy, all types of messed up, fucked up, sick behavior. That is what stems from the narcissist. Mm -hmm. That is why the world is so out of balance. Because a lot of when, like, you know, a lot of Africans were, like, in power and everything. That's when the world was in balance. Yes. Because it wasn't all about, let me just take everything. It I was all about, my piece. let I me just, just... This piece, my family can eat, their me, family can yes. eat, we all can eat together. We stay can. on your side, I stay on my side. Yes. We'll leave each other alone. We'll deal with each other. We'll leave it. We'll deal with each other. But it'll just be me and you. Mm -hmm. It won't be trying to destroy your image or anything. Mm -hmm. It'll be all fair and square. All that honor, respect, just growth, work hard. That's just the way of the empath. The narcissist would take all types of ways to try to break down other people's characters, trying to use people, lie, anything it can to get ahead. That's the way of the narcissist. And whether they end up, you know, dying surrounded by people or not, it doesn't it doesn't really make up for all the damage is done. Nope. All the damage is done. And like in, in that sense, that's one of the things that what I'm hearing since I've been in the food truck industry, yeah. what I'm hearing from a lot of people in their food trucks is yeah. I'm worried about the money. I'm worried about the money. It's all about how much food I can put out, how much food I can put out. Yeah. I don't care about the money with my food truck. My food truck is about quality. How was the food? How did it taste? How'd you like did it, it feel good? Did it taste good to you? Yes. Did you feel my love from it? That's what I want to produce. I don't care about the, money. the dollar amount that's coming from it. That's coming regardless. The, the dollar amount is going to come from the quality that I give. Yes. As long as I know I gave you a plate and you're going to walk away from me and be like, damn, bro. I need to come back. That was good. And I will come back. I'm good with that. That's I will come all back. I care about. And that's all. And yeah, that, that stuff will drive you far. And you're not the first person I interviewed that actually had a food truck. I actually interviewed someone by the name of Nappy Chef. I don't know if you I heard of him. I dealt with Nappy Chef, yes, yes. You yes. dealt with Nappy mm -hmm. Chef? Yeah, I interviewed him a couple episodes beforehand. Mm -hmm. Now he's going into doing videos and stuff of that nature. Yeah. He said, hook me up, though, for real. I want to I get into acting also, for sure. Those yes. Definitely. But it's just like, yeah, man, that's just what we're dealing with. It's because of people like you or Nappy Chef and everything, or even business owners like the one I work for, Miss Alana Lord. 
and stuff of that nature. The more we really invest in ourselves through passion and everything, mm-hmm. this is true passion. Not the selfish passion, not the I'm a like I'ma come like compete against people type passion. Yeah, I'm not passion. gonna be Bobby Flay tomorrow. I'm not gonna to be uh, Chef Ramsey. No, I'm not worried about that. But you're going to come to Charlotte and you're going to be like, you know, a CSC wings and seafood? God damn, you know, my boy hooked me up with some good-ass wings. He got me some good fish and he got me a good shrimp basket. You know what? Let me go holla at my boy when, I, when I'm out one night. That's what CNC wings is going to do for yes, you. Yes, no, for real. And this dude really just made like a free sample just, just because. I had a feeling you were going to do this. But I didn't know what was going to bring it out. That's no, because you don't just give things away just because. But, you know, sometimes it's like. I've been blessed to be able to be out here today. Yeah. Let me bless somebody for a plate. Yeah. I'm gonna bless you with a plate, and you know what that's gonna do? You're gonna tell three people, you know what? I just had that boy shrimp, and that boy shrimp was good as hell. Yeah. Them three people are gonna be like, you know what? My man such and such said that he had that shrimp from such and such. Well, where you located at right now? Mm-hmm. It's, it's about it's about the networking. It's about the networking. I got to be able to give you a plate, but what that gave me? That gave me at least 15 minutes of talking to you and knowing who the hell you are. Now that I know who you are, I can guarantee you that the next time you see that truck outside, what up, CJ? How you doing, big dog? Nothing much. I can guarantee that. And it's all, and it's all, one of the things about positivity and everything, it all just channels and everything. That's what Quaylen, like, that's how Quaylen mm-hmm. is as an individual. He's just a positive person. Always has been. Never had an issue. And that school, I hated that school. But there was, like, a couple, like, good things that I really liked about it and everything. I didn't know Quaylen personally, mm-hmm. but I did see him rapping in the, rapping in the morning and everything of that yeah. nature. And stuff of that nature. And then like, I started getting into it, like, my eighth grade year. Like, cause I had nothing to talk about for career day. Like, I said it as a joke. Because I was, like, doing it as, like, for a fun thing. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, like, now I'm dropping a mixtape. I dropped a mixtape last April. Now I have plans to try to see if I can drop more music this year and everything. It's all just a work in progress. Yeah, yeah. there are some obstacles here and there. But you can make it happen and everything. But, yeah. And regardless of obstacles and everything, back on the subject of your food truck, what obstacles did you have to face in, in accordance to trying to, like, set this food truck up? Just understanding what the actual numbers are. Understanding the numbers of a business. Like anybody can start a business, but knowing how to make sure that the business is gonna run is a big obstacle. Like knowing what your numbers are going to be day in and day out. You miss one day of numbers, that's seven days behind that you're gonna put yourself. Mm. Seven days behind that you're gonna put yourself, that's 21 days behind on money. Now mind you, money is not money is like time. Money is not something that's gonna, money is not something that you can waste. Time is not going to come back. Money can come back, but you're going to have to do double the time to get that money back that you lost when if you just took the five minutes to do it the right way, to understand it, to get it in the way it should be. But the real major obstacle is um, if anybody's going to start their own business, make sure you either have a strong partner behind you. When I say a strong partner behind you, I mean somebody that's going to help, help your collateral while your collateral is zero. Because for the first at least 18 months of your business, you ain't making no money. Mm. Until June of 2023 will be be the first time I'll be able to see profit from this. Really? Yes. This Like June is going to be the first? Of 2023. 2023. It's going to be the first time I'm going to see profit of this if this works. And you're still out here. Ain't got no choice but to. This is my dream. This is what I said I wanted to do. This is what I went to. If you don't pull it out your own ass, if you go to an investor, this is what you go to an investor to do. If you don't have that strong collateral behind you, that partner behind you to keep your face up, or you have a stack of money to keep your face up, you ain't gonna see no money at least for 18, 18 months, 18 to 24 months. Dang, that's crazy that you say that and everything, because I believe in like the art of manifestation and stuff of that nature. You know, I, I be script manifesting a lot. So it's like when I be trying to script manifest, I always be going to dedicate a whole page to businesses I'm trying to run and everything. Like my grandfather ran a cab business. I was thinking about maybe somewhere down the line I could start like a party busing business and everything. You know, it's just like, you know, or maybe try to go into hotels, you know, some but definitely want to get into restaurants and food too, because the way my mom makes food and everything, I'm trying to learn under her. Like this year for sure, I need to really learn how to make the fufu and everything. Whenever she feel like giving some jollof up, let me know. 
No, really. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely put you on the list. This is one girl, black American girl I know, that really, like, interested in, like, you know, stuff like, you know, fufu and stuff. I'm trying to see if I can get her some soup also. Because the way she makes it, it's, like, so... I'm not going to say it's so different, but it's, like, because, like, yeah, it's just, she like... She put that stank on it. Yeah, <laughs> she, she put, put that, that stank on it, yeah. That African stank on it. Yeah. But anyway, it's just, like, you know, we have elders in our community that makes it, like, the, on the older ways. It's, like, a, it's top, top, top tier. Mm -hmm. You're hearing it from me, and I need to get in contact with them also. Because I have a vision for, like, maybe a restaurant I can make like like not like a midnight diner but something similar where it's just like where I can kind of mixture some African elements mm -hmm. into the food but like different like y'all know you heard of like cassava leaves and yes. stuff of that nature because yes. could you imagine like a bun with like chips like cassava baked inside the bun something like that sounds pretty fucking good or maybe like maybe like in the meat like because you know when they made oh, cheeseburger the cassava as the bun yeah I can make the cassava as the bun I can make the cassava as the bun and then put the meat into or cook some of the cassava inside yes. the meat too. You know what I'm saying? Yes. If you tasted African food, you know how yes. good it tastes. So just imagine if it was mixing with American food mm. and stuff of that nature. Maybe I shouldn't be giving off my job. I might have Don't to edit this shit out. I might have to edit that out. Might have to edit this out, but who knows? But yeah, it's just something I, I would consider and everything of that nature. But not so, only yeah. that, it, even like like my grandmother, my grandmother, like I said, my grandmother did all the cooking for the family for the family events. Me and my cousin Tia are the only two people who know how she actually, oh, excuse me, my mother, my cousin Tia, and me are the only three people that know how she actually made the green beans, mm -hmm. how she actually made the, the collard greens, mm -hmm. how she actually made the mac and cheese. Mm -hmm. Just for you to know what your actual family, how they make it from, from, from actual, what it's supposed authentic. Yeah. Bro, that's just something to have in your hand. And their own and way, too. You'll continue to pass that on to your kids, and that'll continue your generations of certain things when your generational lifestyle will continue going on. That's what that history, Food is history, bro. Yeah, and, like, if people don't understand that, the, the main things that people do is talk and eat. Yeah. A lot of people can't talk to each other, but I goddamn sure I'll eat some of your food that you cook if it's good. No, for real. For real, no, seriously. And it's just like, you know, even with Africans, this is what sucks with Africans and everything. Like, I'm Liberian, so it's just like, yeah. That's one thing, like, I really like, wish they would have really instilled into us was, like, how to talk the language, for sure. Mm -hmm. They literally left that from my uncles and everything. They just, they didn't put any type of priority into actually teaching us the language. Because the language was money. The language is America. Speak English, you make money. <laughs> Simple as yeah. that. They speak, English is the main uh, language mm -hmm. in Liberia. That's what I'm saying. So it's just like, you know, like, they but knew English. tribal language. Forget your tribal language. This does not make money, my son. You go learn this English. You go speak English. You speak to them dumb English people, and you make your money. Yeah. It was simple as that. It was just dumb, but it's just like that's just kind of what it was. I think because it's like my great grandmother like was staying with my mom. Yeah, she's still alive. My grandfather's not alive, but my great mother, grandmother. Yes. It's weird, but it's just like yeah. Uh, but it, the '80s hit my grandfather. I think that's what it was. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's just like you know. I think my mom's trying to get my great grandmother to stay with us so we could learn the language over time. But it's like she just decided to go back home and everything because you know she just didn't want to yeah, deal with America. Age where she just wanted to be where she at. I'm doing what the hell I want, son. <laughs> Y'all want to come visit me? Come visit me. <laughs> she's in, she's in her 90s or 100, I think, right now. So it's just like, you know, we, we pretty much, yeah, no, really, we got our long life. That's why I really need to touch base in Liberia now that my grandfather passed and everything before, so I can be able to connect with these folk and everything. I, when we tell you, we have large communities, big families back home. Like, mm -hmm. It's no joke. Like, everybody knows you. You can never be bored in Liberia. Like, that ass, everyone's outside, for That's real. Not like mine, because, like, our events we do, so like when grandma passed away in 2010, I did the first Thanksgiving since she passed. Mm. That Thanksgiving we had 64 people at the house. That's good. Last Thanksgiving, last Thanksgiving we did at my, my new house that we just purchased. And we had, not all 64 came because the people from New York said they weren't coming. But uh, we had like 48 people at the house. That's okay. So we had like, I understand what you mean by massive gatherings of people. Yeah, man. Like seriously, family is so so like foundational in regards to like an identity and everything mm -hmm. of that nature and stuff. It's just like you really realize who you are when you look back and everything. Like even like my my father was told me stories about his father and everything. Now I understand my father's father was a hunter and everything. He literally that's all he knew: catch animals, kill the meat, sell it. Mm -hmm. That was it. That was his whole. I that was his way he was making money. What he could. Couldn't read, couldn't read nothing. That was what he did. But also outside for his personality and everything, he was known as like the good lawyer. 
and everything. That was just his personality. He couldn't read, but he would definitely stick up for people. It was wrong into the community. That was just it. So it's like that's just like when I look into like who I am as a as an individual and everything. You know, like I'm not saying I ain't no superhero or nothing, but like when it comes to injustice and everything, I usually just you know I'm never on that dick riding type shit. Like I don't exactly. dick ride people or nothing. That's why it's like I stay to myself because right it's just is like, right, wrong is wrong. Yeah, simple as that. That's it. I don't try to screw people over. I don't try to shit on people's um, identities or image. That's just not my way. But that's how a lot of people get by, and that's just that's just fucks up fucks yes. up my whole vibe and everything. But like that's just it. And, you know, sometimes I will look in where it's like, why am I like like that and everything? You know, like why can I be like everybody else to a certain degree? You well, be I, thinking, you know, I look just, at that every day that I'm living now. Like, man, why can't I be as freaking evil and mean as some of these people in this world? Even when I try to be mean, it's like it's just it tough. Like it just it's just not in your nature. It's mm -hmm. like people are just like that. I can never understand how you could just get on just shitting on people. People that like like pretending to fuck with people that you don't fuck with i spoke about this on another podcast too mm -hmm. like another dude from new york mike mills i was an episode he even said it himself like that's how a lot of people get by here in charlotte yeah. it's like you know they try to pretend like they fuck with you and they don't fuck with you and it's like that's so weird it's a snake in the grass it's yeah i know a snake in the grass but it's like why is that like the norm now like well what's your opinion on that because it's much easier to take advantage of a person than it is to be real because i ain't got to be real with you i can take advantage of it i can play whatever you want to give me but I can take advantage of you and I can feel better without even having to worry about what's going to hurt me. Yeah, man. Those those people like that, I just I just I can't relate. People. I hate them people. Can't relate. Them the type of people that make me realize that I was born at the wrong time and on the wrong <laughs> side of the earth. No, seriously. No, for real, though. It's just like, you know, I don't know. I'm a bit of an old soul myself and everything. Well, even how music is nowadays mm -hmm. and everything. I, I resonate to those 60s, 70s, 80s type yes. time. 90s for sure but it's just like you know something when i put on though that, that al green and everything like this sounds familiar i don't yes. know why and everything plus it's just like it just seems like more of a vibe back then i feel like black people back in those times and the and back when we were like before set like integration and everything we were more together like you're black more owned cared business. about each other you more cared about each other like i was speaking to a guy the other night when yeah. he was and i was telling him about how it drove me nuts now that i got of age and I actually learned about Malcolm X impact yeah. compared to what they taught us, which was Martin Luther King. They taught us Martin Luther King because he was docile. Yeah. Malcolm X was not docile. Malcolm X told you to get your own for your own and be about your own. Yeah. That's not the shit that the world wanted us to do. Always fuck with Malcolm X, especially with that Spike Lee movie with Denzel Washington. That's what got me hooked. I'm like, dang, this dude's just like me in a sense. But if you haven't seen it on Netflix, Who Killed Malcolm X? Go watch the actual video. Go watch the series. Malcolm X, the, the story of, Mal of Brother Shabazz is way different from any of the BS that we were ever taught. No, really. If Brother Malcolm was able to live, we wouldn't care about, Ma we wouldn't care about Martin Luther King. I mean, I wouldn't say like that because even Martin Luther King was starting to change his mind on a lot of things. Before he passed away, yes. they, him and Malcolm X were going to start collaborating like more. Go watch that video and you'll see why they did. <laughs> go watch that series and you'll see why they did. And if you haven't seen it, go watch that series and you'll see why they did not. Yeah, man, dude, it's so crazy. Everything and I and I I, I speak peace myself, but everything that we could have learned from what Brother Malcolm was trying to teach us yeah. was what we needed. Ooh. They knew they can keep us by the balls if they teach us what Brother Martin Luther King was trying to teach us, yeah. which was be peaceful, be docile, yeah. don't fight for yours. God got your back. And that's what integration did when it messed us up, too, because we were more willing to pay to give, like, the money to our oppressors as opposed to really keeping the money within our side. That's what happened with Black Wall Street. When they tore it down, they really had to go out of their way to tear it down because that was a threat. Togetherness is such a threat. And that's what I love about HBCUs because all you do is thrive. I never saw myself as an A and B student. People would say, you should be an A, B student. Why ain't you an A student? You could be an A student. I'm like, really? Are you sure? Mm -hmm. or they would say that one day and then shit on me the next day. And then as soon as I went to an HBCU, I got the help I needed and everything. I was close. I was connected to people who were like me and everything. It was insane. It was a complete culture shock. I thought I was just coming there to party. Like, and holy just, shit, we're smart. I, we could be smart. Really? If we could be smart. We could be intelligent. You I ain't got to be cool. <laughs> Holy shit. You could be cool and smart. Exactly. You can go to parties and study. Yes. Ain't no problem. And no, it taught me how to be, to find balance. 
mm-hmm. really really taught me how to find balance for sure and really realize my value as an individual and that's what i'll always cherish hbc i rep hbcus like it's nothing like really i rep hbcus like i'll always be an ncc student until the day i die yes and even when i go to howard i will be a howard student until i die too and mm-hmm. everything that's just that's the beauty about hbcus anybody that's listening please consider going to an hbcu because that's yes. where we all just want the hbcus that'll be it put your money where it belongs Literally. Put your money where it belongs. Don't get into those bullshit. I mean, every school is a good school. Even just going to college is just good. But if you can learn and work with your own culture, do the same thing that them people do. They learn and work with their own culture. That's why they take more money from you because your interest rate is different because your credit score is different than they do their own people. If you can go to HBCU, handle it. Go to it. Guarantee you if all of the athletes did that shit, You'd be surprised how much of the multi-million dollar schools and the multi-million dollar coaches won't be making that money and the money will go to where it belongs. Yeah, dude. We be beating Chapel Hill every year. <laughs> Duke and Chapel Hill. But you don't hear about that, though. They won't tell you about that game. Yeah. No, actually, that game's coming up soon, actually. Mm-hmm. I think we're, we might be – our next game with Chapel Hill is going to be in 2024. Okay. I think. So, so I'm definitely – by the time that I'll be in a complete financial standing, so I'm going to be right in the front. I'm like, okay, what's up? What's good with it? Show us up and everything. No, for real, man. Like that, it's, it's dead ass where, where it is. But outside of like uh, making food and everything, where does your interest lie also? You know, outside of like food and stuff of that nature. Uh, I'm a nature dude, bro. Like I like being outside. Like growing up in the city, I grew up in the projects. We didn't have a lot of trees around us. The only time we seen trees is when we went to Dagon, uh Central Park or if we went to the Bronx Zoo. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really one of those things like, I know it's funny as hell being a black dude, but I like disc golf a lot. You like what? Disc golf. Disc golf? Oh. Disc golf, like frisbee golf. And oh, that. like the stuff they be doing. I be wondering bro, what the hell that is. Bro, I love it. I wish I could speak clearly on the reason, another reason why I love it, but the networking effect that I, the people that I've met while playing that game, not only that, most courses is about a mile and a half. Really? So you're a mile and a half inside the city of Charlotte, but you're in the wilderness of Charlotte. Oh. So you're still getting the the outside effect, like the mountain effect. I'm still getting the, I'm still getting the nature effect, but I'm still within the city. And I'm also doing a mile and a half track. Oh, so you be doing track working out. No, it, that, that, each course is about a mile and a half. Oh, okay. So it's 18 holes per course. I'm doing a mile and a half uh, workout for that day. Oh, okay. Some courses are a lot longer, but most of them are about a mile and a half. I'm doing a workout while I'm networking, and I'm enjoying the wilderness. That's cool. I need to probably go out there. How often you be doing this uh, stuff? Uh, during the summer, there's a lot of tournaments going on. There's a lot of tournaments. Um, but it's usually, I try to get every time I can. It's a, usually, you'll probably play about two hours of your day. But I do uh, Sundays mostly, Wednesdays mostly, and I'm trying to sneak in Thursdays. That's cool. That's cool. I mean, we have to stay in contact because they be networking out there and everything. What, kind, what type of people have you met out there? Uh, I've met Duke Power executives. Mm-hmm. I met Bank of America executives, Wells Fargo executives. I met freaking multi-millionaire people that plays this sport. And off co- off the camera, I can tell you about something else that this sport does have, which we all love. <laughs> okay. But uh, I've met so many people that it's just ridiculous. You'll be surprised. I've I've met Alan Iverson playing this before. Alan Iverson. Yes. Oh, the basketball player, yeah, yeah. Alan Iverson. Yeah, I know I've met him playing disc golf before. Alan Iverson's doing yeah. that? Cornrow, freaking with style. You'd be surprised the people you see playing this sport. In it's Charlotte? a very lucrative sport. It's been around since, like, I, I want to say since 1960-something. Mm. But it's a very lucrative sport, and Charlotte is like a hub. Charlotte is becoming a hub for a lot of things. That's why I say Charlotte is a small metropolis that if you don't grab your piece now, Within the next three years, you're going to be sorry. I need to get with them for real, man. Because I'm a marketing executive at the place I'm working at and everything. So I was like, I'm trying to go up the ladder to a certain degree, too. You know, I'm fresh out of college and everything. But at the same token, it's just like I want to be able to, like, you know, if I do stay in Charlotte or if I just consider go back to D.C., like, I want to actually have some connections here. So if I want to step into D.C. and then go back in between North Carolina, I can still have some stuff set up. You know, I want to start doing my own businesses, too. I was going to say, find out how far you are in D.C. from Woodbridge. From Woodbridge? Yeah. Woodbridge. Because if you do go up that way, I got I got something that can help you out with that one. 
Okay, wonderful. See, now we're networking here. <laughs> yeah, seriously, that's that's a, that's a, that's the circle of life, man. There's always somebody that knows something and stuff of that nature and everything. Has there ever been a time like what were some catastrophes you had to deal with in the kitchen while you had to like work on your own uh, you know, you know, your own uh, food joint and stuff? Ooh, the biggest catastrophe is the most scariest thing on the truck, which is propane. Oh. Propane is scary. So if you forget to turn off your grills at the right time, like like when you're done at the night and you forget to turn the gas off, mm -hmm. that next day when you come in and you light it, Boom. propane is scary. Damn. Propane will burn your vase. Wow. And it'll do it real quick. And it's a heavy, it's a, it's a volatile explosion. Wow. Um, but that was the biggest thing I ever had to deal with just because the lines were left open. But that's, do your checklist every night. Regardless of, I don't care if you've been working from 11 a.m. all the way to 3 3 a.m. Do your checklist every night. Check your storage, check your refrigerator, make sure your refrigerator is cold as it's supposed to be, make sure everything is clean, make sure your trash is thrown, make sure your waste tank is empty. Waste tank stinks, that holds bacteria. That'll cause you to fail and get them little 75 grades. Anything below a 90 grade, I don't want to eat at your place. So, and I'm just gonna be honest, anything below a 90, I'm not eating there. It's, it, do your checklist. If you got that, that first thing, if you do the same thing when you walk in every day, do the same thing when you close out every night, and it'll save you any troubles. Wow, that's cool. So, like, where you at? I know you say you wouldn't eat anywhere like under 90. Where are you at, uh, personally? I'm at a 98. 90? That's really good. Yeah. Inspection? That is damn good. That's really, really good. I, I don't want to sound like I'm so surprised. It was and everything. brand spanking new, though. It was uh, a brand spanking new truck, so. When they came in, all they seen was shiny, and they seen the criteria was held because at first, safety is the main thing that matters. Before I put anything out to you, I'm not gonna get you sick, because I don't want you taking none of that that, that insurance that I have. <laughs> oh no, seriously. Because you can take a hefty amount of insurance if I make you sick. Because if I made you sick, every daggone ticket that I pushed out for, I gotta pay. Wow. Even if they didn't get sick. Wow. Every ticket I pushed out. So if I pushed out 50 tickets that day, 100 tickets that day. And you got sick, and you was there going to uh, ticket number 64 from ticket zero all the way to whatever number I'm at. Gotta get some lawyers for that. I gotta get, the lawyers don't matter. <laughs> the lawyers gonna look at you and be like, no. you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> well, this is what you pay insurance for, sir. <laughs> but you're gonna be shut down for the next three months, but uh, yeah. That's cool that you actually like can keep up on stuff like that. 90, hey, I know like obviously it's because you got a new truck, so it's like there ain't nothing left behind. No one use no rats going into it. But just stay on top of it. Like, as long as you stay on top of it, it doesn't matter if you if you purchased a reused truck or a refurbished truck. Just stay on top of it, bro. As long as you clean, you wear the gloves like you're supposed to, you wear your hair nets like you're supposed to, all your food is labeled, all the food is in the refrigerator at the correct degrees that it's supposed to be. Seafood is separated from your poultry. Poultry is separated from your beef. As long as everything is labeled and put in order, should be no reason why you have anything less than a 98. That is so, that's crazy. That's actually really, really good. And now, uh, and, and, and in regards to this being like in the future, so I know you mentioned that you won't probably get power, uh, profit from this until like probably June, 2023 mm -hmm. and stuff of that nature. So it's like maybe somewhere down the line uh, this decade, you plan probably getting your own place or probably getting a bunch December of food trucks. 2024, December 2024 is going to be a uh, brick and mortar. Oh, okay. So you think about getting like your own plan? Where would you? A lot of people mess up with when they're doing the business. Mm -hmm. Once they start seeing profit, they want to take from that profit. Mm -hmm. Got to think in a three-year plan, bro. Once I start seeing profit, it's three more years before I can touch that profit mm -hmm. because I want the business to pay for the business. Mm -hmm. As long as the business pays for the business, and then I got the other business that pays for that business, hmm. I get double the profit or maybe even triple the profit. Wow. So, so it's just a waiting game. Just take baby steps, basically. Take your time. Take your time. I mean, I know everybody screams YOLO, da 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 da, and all that. I'm living for today. Yes, tomorrow is not promised, but tomorrow might come. Mm -hmm. If you ain't got shit for tomorrow, what you did yesterday made tomorrow. Mm. If you don't make what you did, if you don't put the diligence work in and make what you did yesterday, mm. tomorrow is just like yesterday. It's another day of work. That is crazy, man. I'm trying to be where Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday is work, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I mean, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday is the reaping the rewards from that work. While I'm not working because they all still working seven days a week. 
Oh yeah, no, that's good, man. It's all in your passions too and everything. If you had to pick a certain side of town that you would probably start, like maybe get your own building and restaurant and everything, uh, where would you pick for sure? Oh, Noda Central Area. No there? Noda for sure? Noda Central Area. With the, with the development that's going on in Noda Central Area, I'm 15 minutes away from university, mm -hmm. which is a big development because of the schools down there. Yeah. I'm 15 minutes away from town, which is just basically event central. Oh yeah. I'm 15 minutes away from the west side. Which is where I can bring all my people from. Oh, I'm 15 yeah. minutes away from the east side, which is stragglers from Monroe coming, oh. and everybody wants to party in Central Noda area. Oh yeah, yeah, that is true. Yeah, yeah. I, I be thinking, I be thinking, my man, I should probably start my business on the east side, but that actually makes sense. That's actually because that's in the center of town, so yeah. it's always something going on. Except like you know, maybe when the uh, freaking what you call it, the epicenter got a little bit messed up. Now you see how they shut that down, and it's not opening back up no time soon. Dang, but there's somebody that have uh, a sense of like they might buy it, like though, right? You think something? The money that the money that Charlotte's asking for that, mm -hmm. it's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's too many outsourced spots that are popping up where people actually live at. Mm. That doing the Epic Center, unless somebody come out there and revamp the whole thing, mm. I don't think it's I don't think it's gonna be worth it. And re and revamp it like in what way? Just make it more appealing to people of all ages. You gotta change the whole thing. You gotta change the whole thing. You gotta change it to basically the style of lifestyle that it is right now. Mm. Like you see how Noda is, is popping every day because mm. Noda ran to a hipster style. Mm. You see how uh, Central is popping every day because Central ran to a hipster style. Mm. You see how University is popping every day because they ran to the to the college style. Mm. The Epic Center is not changing that yet. Oh, they really? had to change that. And how was that percenter running like before? I remember that studio movie grill and mm. everything. You know, that was the main plot spot I would go with studio movie grill. Mm. You know, but it was really expensive. Yeah, oh yeah, that it is was true. Really expensive. It was like literally, unless I made the money that I can play downtown all day every day, mm -hmm. that's when I was going down there. Uh -huh. Other than that, I'm not going down there unless it's a bar crawl or a special night at the at the uh, the Wolf Bar. I forgot the name of it. Oh yeah, I, yeah, I forgot like the Wolf Whiskey or some shit. Whiskey oh. Wolf, yeah. Whiskey Wolf. That's what, what it was called. Unless I never it was a bar special there or a bar crawl. There was no reason to sit in the Epic Center. I, I was barely in the Epic Center because I was out in college and everything. Mm. So I came back and it was like it was shut down. I'm like, damn, there's always something changing every time I come back I to show. Open since, and I haven't seen anybody even thinking about opening. Yeah, but if if you were to change it, try to make it like what direction do you would you go the hipster direction, hip hop direction, party direction? What would you do? To be totally honest, I'm going straight for the event central. Event central. I'm going straight for whatever events that the, uh, so as Charlotte is right now, Charlotte's a, a real party spot. Mm -hmm. Charlotte's also a party spot and it's a banker bill. It's a banker business. Mm -hmm. um, so for lunchtime areas, I'm doing all banker lunch. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm setting it up for all banker lunch, but they like the, the new healthy foods. Mm -hmm. uh, the new healthy foods, certain pubs. Like Mediterranean like, foods? Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, and pubs over there. Do, pub, do everything in pubs. Um, nighttime is going to switch to straight college students. Mm. Whatever the college crew got going on right now, that's what this building is supposed to be doing. Mm. You're at everything goes building basically. Mm. So today you might be you might be Dominican party today. Tomorrow you might be salsa. Tomorrow you might be calypso. Mm. Everything goes building. That's good. Mm -hmm. Just being more conscious about what's going on Whatever's in the world. Just like around. just like how like at the Starlight and everything, it's like Pride Month, so it's like a lot of this stuff is focused on Pride Month yes. and stuff of that nature. Do you mm -hmm. feel like maybe some people might have too much pride and go in that direction and stuff of that nature? Some people just don't. They don't care about what they're doing because they're making enough. Exactly. Like the people who are able to open up businesses over there or do things like that, mm -hmm. they don't care because that's just a little investment for them. Really. So if it work, it work. If it don't, it don't. Noda and Central Area, you see these are people who actually, this is their business, this is what they have to do. Mm -hmm. So they're flowing to whatever's around them in their environment. Yeah. Yeah. Epic I don't see them doing that because it's just, when you got a certain amount of money, there's only about a certain amount of things that you're going to do that somebody else says you should. And then next thing you know, you're losing all the money all at once. That it happened so quick. It's just $100,000 that I lost, so fuck it. Dang, dude, mm -hmm. man, that's a lot. Man. It looks rent, like down there, rent down there was about 20 G's a month. Oh yeah. So I got 15 buildings, and I got 20 G's a month from 15 buildings. You're gonna have to uh, either pay or play. Yeah. You don't want to pay? Okay, well screw you. I get somebody else that may that might want to. 
That's crazy how business conscious you are and everything. You ain't, and, I'm, and I went to the business school of North Carolina Central University. Hearing stuff that you you pretty much could probably run a whole, how can I say, you could literally like do whole seminars and everything, run whole speeches and stuff the like that. The one thing that you got that yeah. I don't got is the structure behind it, the discipline. The, the discipline. discipline. You learn the discipline behind it. Yeah. I'm slowly learning that as I go. I do apologize, family. I do have a couple of customers over here. No, we, we got a good like seven minutes. I'll just pause and I'll just wait till you get back. How about that? We can just close it. Yeah, no problem. Hey man, business is business, man. All right, uh, but back on the subject matter, I really forgot where we left off and everything. But I know we're talking about a whole lot. I think about like the whole like uh, conditioning your uh, trucking and stuff of that nature. Mm -hmm. But it's like, but earlier we spoke about you like retracing your roots to Nigeria and stuff of that nature. How how exhilarated was that experience for you? Oh man, that was actually one of those things that it's like. Yeah, those eye awakening moments where it's like, wow, I'm really from here? Cause it's, it, it's pretty weird. Cause uh, my father, I call him a sperm donor. Mm -hmm. Cause he was in and out of, he was doing his thing. He lived his life. He wasn't really able to be there for me as he was supposed to. Mm -hmm. I don't, shit happens. I don't fault him too much for it, but I don't like the nigga for it. <laughs> but but that's, that's just how it is. Me and him will get our reconcile one day. But uh, um. I wanted to find out where his family was from mm -hmm. because I knew my family was all back, traced back, my mother's family was traced back to Cherokee Indians. Mm -hmm. um, Which I gotta see it too. Like, mm -hmm. you can Cherokee it and Blackfoot is where yeah. I found my mother's family from. All right, cool. But my sperm donor's family, they came from the sugar crane route. Oh, okay. So my sperm donor, his, his immediate, his father and his mother, their immediate bloodline goes back to a Dominican bloodline. Mm -hmm. When I reached a little bit further back, I found out that their bloodline actually went from Nigeria to Dominican Republic, oh. to on uh, to Dominican Republic, to Argentina, and then back to Florida, and then they came into the mainland. That's wonderful. So it was one of those things that it was just, because I wanted to find out what my name meant, because my name is C-Z-A-J-A. Mm -hmm. It's the old Arabic word for king. Mm. It's pronounced Saja. The old Arabic way they spell it is S-A-J-A-H. Um, it's also a derivative from an old Polish word, which the old Polish word is lone wolf. Mm. So I wanted to find out where my name came from. That's why I started doing a little bit more digging. Okay, mm -hmm. ain't nothing wrong. That's really, really beautiful and everything. You know, I'm I'm born like full-blooded Liberian and everything. You know, like both my parents are from the Mono tribe and everything. So I really had to go too far to figure out where I came from or where things was, which is a blessing on my end. Although it's still something I'm still kind of like not too familiar with because I didn't grow up there. I didn't even touch Liberia. There are yeah. people who don't even come from Liberia who probably visit Liberia more than I've ever touched Liberia. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, you know, it's definitely on the bucket list. You know, I know it's going to be a wonderful experience once you. You haven't really been to Nigeria yet, have you? No, I have not. I have okay. not at all. Like I said, that's, that's in my plans within the next two years. Okay, Because the family actually wants to take a family trip within the next two years to go out there. All right, definitely. So we're just trying to make sure we ain't going to be stuck out there for six months and then caught up in some bullshit. Right, <laughs> if you want to get in contact with the community, I know Nigerians are more advanced when it comes to, like, you know, really sticking together with stuff like that. Liberians, mm -hmm. we're still trying to get it together. And we still can pretty much get in contact with our tribal community and everything. Yes. You know, Samuel Jackson did it when he reached out to Guinea. I think that's where he's from. Mm -hmm. And everything. And, you know, if you want to reach out to them, you know, try to build some kind of community, there ain't nothing wrong with that yes. for a sense, you know, because, like, you know, that's still part of your culture, too. Yeah. That's why I, so I, so I always try to push that other African Americans that they could even take the 21 three and me you know do whatever they can to really retrace their roots now that we have the technology to do so mm -hmm. take that chance to do so Go to really get because that's a very good way to heal from all the stuff from the past too the first step is realizing who you are because like literally this this system right here is really destined to have us have a big old cut question mark above your head to really cut us from underneath our roots mm -hmm. and stuff of that nature so like when they take your name and everything and you get a hint of where you come from that's all you need that's all you need you don't need you don't need to know the family tree to a certain degree but as long as you know what tribe you're from you're all good mm -hmm. you are all good so you really that's good for you to really like said that and establish that up for yourself and everything you know and to go into detail about my last name actually my full name <coughs> government wise is a T Dola K Seifili um the last name Seifili it's two words. Say, which is what you would name your firstborn son. Mm -hmm. Say, in my language. You, you, your firstborn son, you just name Say. Say. And then, like, Feely is like the morning dew in the grass. Like I told you earlier, mm -hmm. I come from a family of hunters. So it's like, that's the first thing they saw when they're out there is the morning grass. They had to wake up early, you want to hunt things. You know, that's yes. what it was. And so my middle name, Dolake, in my language, means one can't make it on his own. 
or like the key to progress is unity basically you know that's just how it is that's just how we were tribal folk we got to make it together that was like that's what really helped us survive you know we were travelers we originated all the way from sudan we traveled all the way to liberia and that's where we settled at and everything so it's just like you know we're amongst those people that made the pyramids you know that that's how far back we go and stuff of that nature so it's like the first name t which is just a di which is just a uh of the word black in our language which means a pati so it's like that's black unity is key firstborn son of the morning dew so like that's the whole so name a message more than a name that's a whole powerful message right there mm-hmm. you know brought a pound me and it's just like you know that's just so a lot of my purpose is kind of go inside that I see a, a better tomorrow, not just for my people in Liberia, but even for African-Americans here in America, which is why I went into business and everything. And that's good when I see businesses like this is pointed out because it's just like, that's your own money. You're not working under nobody, you're not brack, baking your back and everything. You could work a little bit for somebody to invest in your whatever you got to mm-hmm. invest to, but it's all about We're reaching working. this. We're all working for somebody. We're there's all working bank, for somebody. There's a bank that's working for all of us Seriously. that we pay to. Really? Now it's after you pay that bank, which is in my three years. Yeah. That's when I get to have my fun of waiting my three years. Yeah. For my triple bank, for my triple profit. It's all a step in progress, you know. For you to take the due diligence to make this happen for yourself, just know for me, like I'm proud of you, personal. Like literally, the more we see this, Appreciate the better. That. The more we see that. If you ain't here, nobody said that they're proud of you. You're hearing it from me. I am proud of you. I just met you today, and I am proud. Appreciate seeing the stuff that you do. And stuff of that nature, you know. The only way we can make it through this is together. I can't guarantee that Black Wall Street is gonna like pop up tomorrow, but the steps that we, the little steps that we take to really just keep our dollar within ourselves, is always. Hey, if the BBOC continue to doing what they're doing, the Black Business Organization of Charlotte, if they continue doing what they're doing, and if all of us just continue to realize that we need each other. Yes, I want to be the top dog. But I want to be the top dog with all of my other dogs eating at the same spot that I'm eating at. Most definitely. As long as the BBOC and along with everybody else continue to do what we're doing, we can get there. Keyword, Dolake. One can't make it on his own. That's it. We all make it together. Key, progress, the key to progress is unity and unity only. Ah, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, I think we reached our whole hour limit and everything. I'd like to thank you once again for hopping on, you know. Seriously, like, this means a lot. And everything I know, Quaylen, we were last did the episode with Quaylen. So yeah, you should do this episode with this one dude. He's one of my friends. He does this whole thing. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, why not? Never knew that I would just be somebody that would know so much and give a whole lot to this episode. Yeah, so I appreciate just like, it, brother. I appreciate definitely. the time. I appreciate you coming out, and hanging out with me. I appreciate you testing the food. Just remember, CNC wings and seafood, best wings and seafood, your own land to sea connection that Charlotte has. Yeah. We too far from the sea, so we don't get good seafood here. Uh-huh, I'm yeah. telling y'all. <laughs> I'm going to cook y'all some good seafood. And I ain't going to rape your wallets at the same time. Yeah. Seafood so good to make you want to smack your mama. Don't smack your mother, please. I please don't do don't that. Do that. <laughs> but it, is, it, it, it ain't no slouch, though. Ain't no slouch. All right. Thank you very much, sir. That's it for the seven, for the 73rd episode. You got anything else you want to let the people know before we bounce? Just want to let Charlotte know we appreciate y'all in every way. I appreciate you for your time and your, your, your conversation that you had with me today, brother. Trust and believe this is not going to be a relationship that's just on the conversation on this point. This is a relationship that we built. You're my brother now, bro. Yeah, we're definitely going to keep in contact moving forward. I'd like to thank you, Mr. CJ. I appreciate it. Now that said, we sewed in. Now we're sewing out. Thanks.